I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Star Companion Podcast. My name is David. <laughs> I'm making a weird... I had to sneeze. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> that was an ugly face. For those of you watching, forgive me. Um, <laughs> and I'm Zach. And we are, as I said, the Star Companion Podcast, the internet's premier Star Trek fan podcast. It's true. Number it's one, true. baby. Major key alert. Yeah, and, uh, you know, we cover Star Trek episodes, Stardate by Stardate. We started with Enterprise, and we're on episode 19 of season one, titled Acquisition, Stardate Unknown. Stardate Unknown. Um, you want to give the synopsis? Yeah, sure. So, basically, the, the, um, the episode starts with a ship full of um, unknown aliens, of course, diehard Trekkies will know that they're Ferengi, mm-hmm. um, discovering the Enterprise wandering through space. And uh, somehow they manage to knock out the entire crew of the Inter- Enterprise with a, uh, looks like a, sl- a sleeping gas of some sort. And um, they board the Enterprise full of wonder and amazement about the bounty they have pulled. Wow, that was a great synopsis, let me tell you. So I have a... I, I write have, all these by hand, by the way. Oh, do you? Yeah. That's excellent. I'm going to start... I'm going to let you read the rest of them from now. Okay. Those are awesome. Um, I have a side story here. So as we stated in the first episode, mm-hmm. I've watched some Next Generation, you know, but I was young. Yeah. And um, when I started this a year ago watching by Stardate so this is my second watch through but when I started the first one mm-hmm. um, I didn't know they were Ferengi <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> this yeah. is your first encounter with them <laughs> yeah which I find kind of hilarious you know because yeah. I, I think Brandon Braga goes on to state that uh, he was pretty pissed he's like you know the ratings were doing so well and so they reached into their pockets and got some Ferengi yeah and uh, unbeknownst to me until much later, mm-hmm. um, 
so Shran is one of the Ferengi. Yes, right? Jeffrey Combs. And Jeffrey Combs, which, by the way, if you uh, donate a dollar to our Patreon, <laughs> we will, in fact, review Reanimator. Um, starring Jeffrey Combs. Starring Jeffrey Combs. And uh, anyway, so uh, in DS9, he plays uh, Liquidator Brunt. Yep. And he's the uh, the bane of Quark's existence. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, if I had... Jeffrey Combs is so good in Star Trek that, like, the ranking of his characters, it it's so close between Shran, Liquidator Brunt, and Wei Yun. Oh, really? Um, Shran obviously is the best, but Liquidator Brunt's hilarious. Yeah, I haven't gotten to... It's DS9, right? Yeah. I haven't really gotten that far yet, but I'll take your word for it. Oh, it's gonna it's gonna be great. And then one of the other Ferengi, uh, I forget his name, but plays Neelix mm. on Voyager. Okay. The um, the main one, actually, the main Ferengi in this. Oh one. wow! Okay. Yeah. Um, and then the the other one, uh, what's his name? I got it written down here. Um, Clint Howard, uh, previously played Baylock in the original series, so he was the oldest one. Oh wow. Yeah, and he played a couple of characters in DS9 as well. So all the Frankie are all, you know, uh, tried and true. Oh, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Well, they they surely pull it off in this episode, that's for sure. Yeah, and it adds a a layer of like, oh shit, they're all OG, you know, uh, Star Trek characters. Yeah. Or actors, rather. Um, And they all get to kind of reprise their roles as as villains, almost. mm Mm-hmm. Um... I enjoyed this episode. Yeah, I did too. Um, and, uh, you know, while some may think that this is actually the, our first contact with with the Ferengi, this is, according to the timeline, the second contact with Ferengi. Correct. Uh, the, the first being uh, Little Green Men, the episode DS9. And DS9. Have, you, have yeah. you seen that episode? I haven't it, seen it. Okay, so they're going back, because I think they got to go back to Earth, because uh, Nog is... Um, so it's Rom, Quark, and Nog, mm-hmm. and Rom, and Nog is Rom's kid, and mm-hmm. Rom is uh, Quark's brother, mm-hmm. and um, they get in their little Ferengi, you know, minivan, and they go back <laughs> to Earth because Nog's enlisting in Starfleet. Yeah, and uh, on the way, they um, they start going too fast as they start to like enter the solar system, because because um, Quark is smuggling in some uh, illegal substance. Of and course. it reacts with the warp field, and it shoots them way too fast, and they go in the into the past, right. and it's posited that they're the uh, Roswell crash. Roswell, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> little um, green men. It was a fucking awesome episode. I was like, this is great. Um, and so, it, yeah, it's the second time the Ferengi have showed up. However, um, they had never been named yet right. as Ferengi. You know, this, this episode specifically goes out of its way to not name the race and they don't translate any of the language that's true that's right um yeah i really i really enjoyed this episode as well um i thought it was interesting how when they first get on the ship they start feeling up the people's ears yeah yeah. (laughs) they're just totally obsessed with the ears such good lobes dude yeah (laughs) and my other thought about this episode is what an amazingly easy episode this would have been to act in as a enterprise crew member all you have to do is Yo. yeah be asleep <laughs> yeah um 
you know, and of course, uh, it doesn't affect the Vulcan physiology as right. much. So she wakes up, and then don't they don't they wake up Hoshi too? No, actually, Trip wakes up uh, to Paul with with a uh, what is it? A thing that goes in the neck. I forget what it's called. Um, uh huh. I have a note here. Uh, he manages to wake up to Paul. I can't. I don't. I don't know. I'm Whatever. Bad at, yeah, I'm bad it, at stuff. You know, it doesn't fucking matter. And so so, so basically, you know, to continue with the synopsis, you know, they 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 knock out everybody. They invade the ship and they start collecting up all the valuables and collecting up all the attractive women as well. <laughs> I mean, naturally. And so you know, we're kind of like, oh my god. Enterprise is going to get raided and they're going to be left mm-hmm. out in the middle of space. But little do we know, in the decon chamber, is Trip. Thank God. Thank God for Trip. You know, th- I wrote I wrote a note that it's it's great how adept Trip is. Yeah. The man can do anything. He really can. It's you know it's the classic oh the just the engineer is just going to get us out of it somehow. Don't worry. He's got that Floridian sense of right and wrong. You know. Just go, going at it, kind of, uh, kind of a la uh, Archer a little bit, kind of uh-huh. shoot, shoot first, ask questions ask later. Questions later. Do you think he stuffed for the beginning he, part of the episode? He stuffed. Oh, um, I don't know. Maybe I would have. Yeah. I I probably would have too. Yeah. I'd Otherwise, put everyone at home would have been like, "Look at that little baby dick." <laughs> yeah. I would have put an eggplant in mine. There you go. Just something outrageous. There you go. I've got elephantitis of the balls. Is oh. my is my explanation for it. So, anyways, um, <laughs> oops. So trip, trip. Uh, you know, trip manage, manages to escape the sleeping gas, and um, the Ferengi eventually find Archer, and they wake him up, and they try to interrogate him, and try to figure out if he has a vault on board the ship. There must be a vault in the ship. Yeah, you must have gold bars. <laughs> and yeah. uh, so the rest of the episode is pretty much about Trip and Archer kind of working together and, and trying to escape the Ferengi's view. Um, mm-hmm. Trip manages to wake up to Paul at, at one point, and they kind of hatch a plan where they they set a lock down in one of the lower levels of the ship on a door. And uh, they eventually lure the Ferengi there, corner them, shoot them. T'Pol also ends up kind of seducing one of the Ferengi. I think the Mm -hmm. one played by Jeffrey Combs, actually. (laughs) Yeah, feeling up his lobes. No, it was. It was Jeffrey Combs. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And uh, gives him him the first, uh, not the Vulcan death grip, but the Vulcan nerve pinch. Ah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, very. Yes, that's right. Very keen distinction there. Um, I, I think my favorite line was, mm-hmm. uh, do I look like a mink to you? Yeah. Which is a great callback to that episode, um, Dear Doctor. And they do they do mention the Frangi in that episode as well. They say that they've been visited before, you know, yeah. so that... Yeah. It know, tracks. That tracks. That tracks. Mr. Continuity over here enjoys it. Um, yeah. So... Go ahead. What you got? Oh, well, um, so basically, you know, they they harangue the Ferengi into this little room. They stun them, and uh, 
get all their, their valuables back and send them on their merry way. And they, they shackle the Ferengi to their, to their ship and give control to the character of Jeffrey Combs, who mm-hmm. throughout the episode he's kind of depicted as kind of a, kind of like a little, a little weenie, you know, kind of maybe going through Ferengi puberty. Doesn't quite have his business acumen up to up to snuff no, yet. No, he doesn't. You know, <laughs> he he definitely doesn't have the lobes for yes, uh, yeah. for business. Unfortunately, it's too bad. It's, you know, I mean, when you're Commander Tran, you would think there's a, a better sense of lobes. Yeah. <laughs> I love how um, I love how intricate the Ferengi. Uh, culture is developed in in all of Star Trek. You know, it's like everything mm-hmm. is based around, of course, acquisition. You know, and yeah. it's it's based around like, you know, and there's a hierarchy to it. You know, like uh, Jeffrey Combs' character says that his his cousin, who is the who's the um, ship captain, pilot, the the captain of the ship, he manages his finances. Mm-hmm. You know, he gets a smaller portion because he hasn't developed his business lobes yet, you know, and it's like it's this very inter- intricate kind of hierarchy yeah. that they live in. And um, I love it. I love the Frangie. Um, yeah. I think they were used, I think we were talking about it one time. They were, they were being developed as what, one of the main villains of, of was it? The next, uh, generation. the next generation. Yeah. The, you know, the first time they meet the Ferengi in the next generation. Mm-hmm. If you know, if you go into it knowing that um, they were supposed to be the villains of the next generation, it changes the dynamic of that entire episode. Interesting, you know, because it because they're like they're almost sinister. Yeah. In that episode, and you're like, wait, what? They've also, got very sharp teeth. They they have like yeah. very deep sunken eyes that make mm-hmm. them kind of look evil. And. Um, they go, uh, I forget, I think it was, might have been Roddenberry, but they go on to say that the uh, the Ferengi are, I think, Darren, did you tell me this? That the Ferengi are supposed to be um, 20th century uh, humans. Oh, okay. So no, like, I didn't tell you that, but that's interesting. Yeah, that's why they're so capitalism driven. Yeah, and, it, and you, Archer even mentions that in this episode. You know, he's, he says something to the effect of, you know, my people used to be like you, but we got yeah. past that. Yeah, um, I love, but I love how you know that was the intent was to have them be these kind of super villains of the universe, but really they they're just kind of like Mister Magoo yep. <laughs> type aliens, you know, like they're easily yep. tricked, e- easily gotten over on because the, again their whole society is based on acquiring things, yeah. and you Not can use quirk, it to. Though. Not oh quirk. yeah. Quark is a fucking badass, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Quark is the shit, man. I love Quark. DS9 changes Ferengi. You get so many episodes that are so much fun to watch. The f- yeah. Like, they do specific Ferengi episodes. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, you know, there's a whole subplot line about their mother. After their father dies, their mother mm-hmm. um, starts wearing clothes, which yeah. is... No, 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 no! In Ferengi culture, the women oh, must right. be naked. They can't hold business. They can't have money. <laughs> wow! You know, and uh, but Quark's mother ends up uh, marrying the Grand Nagus of Ferenginar. Oh and wow! So uh, she ends up convincing him. You know, we need a change. Mm-hmm. You know, I think women should be allowed to have some business. And as it turns out, Quark's going through their finances, and it's like, oh shit. 
she's making so much money, this is not good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and so there's a whole women's rights subplot in DS9 that's pretty excellent. And kind of appeasing maybe the men, the generations of men who've made more money than her, and now mm-hmm. they're, like, kind of emasculated by her ability to do that. Is mm-hmm. that is that what the whole oh shit thing is about? Like, oh, oh my well, god, she, that... she's making so much money that it's going to emasculate everybody else? That, and also because Quark's the male, the mm. leader male in the family, and so Liquidator Brunt is going to mm-hmm. take all of his money away. Oh, and wow. May, okay. And maybe the bar. You know, there are very severe repercussions for this sort of action on Perignard. Yeah. And, and that, that storyline builds, like, over all seven seasons. It's fucking awesome. You know, Nog awesome. ends up being a total badass. Yeah. I really, I really hate to just cheese on the Ferengi of DS9. No. But they do my, my understanding goes as far as the next generation where I remember them starting out as kind of villains, but then ending up kind of being these kind of greedy merchants mm. who are easily turned against each other. <laughs> mm. Um. You mentioned it earlier, uh, Brandon Braga kind of bemoaned this episode. Um, I actually looked it up. He said he said that he regretted the choice to introduce the Ferengi in this episode and called it an act of desperation. Yep, there it is. Um, I can see it, but I, I don't know. Oh. I feel... Oh, there's Hello. that house. <laughs> Welcome to my house. Your house. We're having some real technical difficulties today. Yeah. You know, and this is the kind of real live, uncut stuff you get here on the Star Companion. High quality, uncut, no filter. No filter. Anyways, Um, while Zach is doing that, um, you know, I, I, I can understand him maybe saying, saying that, but I don't know. I feel like they, I feel like they, they did it very well in this episode. I, I feel like they. You know, Vamp. like like Zach said, you know they didn't they didn't you know say the name of the Frangie. They didn't really break continuity. You know, for all Enterprise knows, they're just running into a greedy race of space aliens, and they never see them again. And Archer even gives them the the mandate. He says that you got to stay at least one light year away from you know, Earth and from Vulcan. You know, he said, remember, hey, welcome back, Zach. Uh, yeah, pleasure. <laughs> you remember in the end where Archer says that uh, he's going to contact the Vulcan High Command and tell them that they have to stay at least a light year away from all, you know, Federation at this point space? Yeah. Um, basically what I was, was what I was saying is, I don't, I, I can see why he would say it was an act of desperation, but I don't, I think they paid a good homage to it. Oh to yeah, Frankie in this ep- in this episode. Yeah, I mean, it didn't come off as desperation to me. I just, you know, nine eleven did a real fucking number on uh, Enterprise. Yeah, and I think if if nine eleven hadn't happened in the advent of reality television, people might have really liked the show, and everyone shits on it until they fucking go back and watch it. Yeah, you know, and everyone's like, you'll see threads on Reddit saying, you know, oh well. You know, I'm where you went back and watched it, and my God, Enterprise even season one was good, and it's like yes, it is really good. Yeah, it's really really good. It's classic Trek, man. And I think something that you've said before is you like the you like how it's about the crew, 
and it's about the crew mm-hmm. doing it together and it's about their own individual little stories you know yeah um i i definitely you know i i can res- i can respect him saying that it was an act of desperation and probably at the time maybe it was but looking at it now in this context i don't think so i think it was mm-hmm. i think it's a good episode me too i agree um there was uh there's something else i want to talk about as well oh um so at, at one point in the episode the frangi uh get access to archer's quarters and they, yeah. they get his dog <laughs> oh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and uh they end up trying to interrogate the dog but they're like uh oh you know our universal translator can't interpret what this dog is saying because he's a lower, lower life form uh-huh. and i was thinking i was like well but if it's a universal translator, wouldn't it be able to interpret what dogs were saying? I mean, this, maybe is, an int- uh, this is an interesting thought. Go ahead. I mean, maybe maybe not to the point where you know dogs can kind of explicate you know certain abstract thoughts, but you would think that maybe a universal translator would at least be able to interpret a wolf like the meaning of the wolf or the meaning of the bark. You know, like mm-hmm. like just like certain words like happy. Sure. Hungry, sad, scared, you know, like, the, I think it would be able to at least maybe interpret the the tonality or the energy of, I don't know. That's a that's fair a, thought. I think my, yeah. my counter-argument would be um, there's no syntax in their language, and I think that's pretty important mm, um, for, okay. the, for the universal translator. Okay. And, like, I think dogs are very expressive in their actions and in their face. Okay. More so than in their vocalizations. Interesting. You know, and so I think it's hard to... I, I think it would be hard to tell because it could mean anything, the bark. Yeah. So then then maybe we would need more than just a universal translator, like maybe like a universal translator with like facial recognition. I think so, yeah. 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 Okay, yeah, that makes... That's a good point then. I th- I'm I think wrong. This, I think... Oh, God. <laughs> I think the syntax is important there. Yeah. Cuz there's no like linguistic quality to their language. Yeah. You know, I've never actually seen my, the two dogs Stella and, and uh we're unsure of his name currently. Um <laughs> Captain S- Archer. S- Cisco or <laughs> Cisco. <laughs> Hank, I don't know. John Luke. I like the idea of calling him the emissary, but I don't know if he's worthy of it. But I know in a few <laughs> years he will be. Yeah. So it's a really I'm in a really weird spot. <laughs> That's all I got for you. Um, all right. Well, you good? I'm good. That's about it for this episode. Excellent. Um, this has been the Star Companion, as David said earlier. He's David. I'm Zach. This is the Premiere Fan Podcast. We Premiere. do it. Premiere, that's what it is. Um, Stardate by Stardate. And uh, we're on all major podcasting platforms. We're on Spotify. For those of you listening on anywhere, thanks for listening. Please feel free to send us an email at thestarcompanion at gmail.com. That's right. And and, uh, and I wanted to say that it's been it's been really fun so far doing this podcast with you. Um I hope to be doing it soon with with the fans as well. We we really want to hear your your input and we want to yeah. hear what you have to say and I think I mean we got we got our first email this week <laughs> as as the floodgates open as we start communicating with you. I think it might be a good idea to do like a like a mailbag episode and kind of talk about 
kind of riff on whatever people are talking about. Yeah, well, I'm trying to I'm trying to get the email up so we can shout him out. Yes. Um. I really want to. We I told him I would we would shout him out. <laughs> um. I gotta say the first email, I was quite literally quilting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was screaming like, "Oh my god!" Our, the first fucking email. Um, Zach and I were giddy. I think when I when he sent me that that text, I did this. Yeah, no, literally, yeah, I was so stoked. Um, anyway, we just want to give a shout out to John um, from yo, Arizona. Thanks for listening. You the realist, John. We fully appreciate you, and to show our listeners how much we care, <laughs> we will in fact be hand making something and sending it to John. That's right. Because you know. This is not just about us or Star Trek. It's about you guys and going on this journey together. That's right. You know? Because, like, the thing is, the reason why we started this, and we knew it was going to be a long road getting from there to here. <laughs> but we but had we, faith. We and had we faith. continue to faith. Yeah. Have faith of the heart. We got faith of the heart. And so thank you, John, and thank you, everyone who listens. And if you want to get in on that handmade action, uh, the Star up. Companion at gmail.com. Thanks. Take care of yourself.